You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In her new film, Fire Under the Snow, our guest today, producer-director Makoto Sasa, looks at the life of Tibetan monk Paulden Gatso, who spent 33 years in prison as his nation was seized by China. A Buddhist monk since childhood, Gatso was arrested by the Chinese Communist Army in 1959. He was tortured, starved, and sentenced to hard labor. Yet today, along with the Dalai Lama and his supporters, Gatso advances the idea of a mutually beneficial autonomy with China. Fire Under the Snow premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and is currently screening in Los Angeles for the International Documentary Association's Bicoastal DocuWeek at the Arclight in Sherman Oaks. Makoto Sasa, welcome to Film School. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I am doing great. Very, very good. Now, we, we, did we reach you at the 310 area code? I was just looking uh, over my... Yes, I am. Oh, so you're in Santa Monica today. Then. Yes, I'm, I'm in uh, Santa Monica right now. Is that where you live? No, no, I'm based in New York, but um, because of the Tokyo Week, we ah, came here very about good. five days ago. Yes. Have, have you been enjoying it here for Docu Week? Yes, it, it has been a great experience to be able to show the film in such an amazing theater. Uh-huh. I've never seen my film in such a big screen, so yeah. it has been a great experience. Those, those arc light theaters are pretty amazing. And, and how has the reception been uh, for Fire Under the Snow? It has been very overwhelming, actually. You know, um, there are not many, many people, you know, attending the film, but those people who chose to come to see this film... They're very enthusiastic about it. And then, of course, Paul Gatso is there, you know, for the Q&A. And then when, I, when, they see the, when they see him, you know, it's just a question doesn't stop. So our Q&A goes, you know, 90 minutes. Wow. <laughs> now, is he going to be there again for a Q&A? I know it's playing us several more times. Actually, he's only gonna, he was only there during the weekend. Ah, very good. Yes. Yeah. How does how did he enjoy your film for Stardust? He, he he he. I think he has seen this film more than probably I would say ten times, <laughs> and um, you know he's uh, enjoying himself. I see him smiling at certain places. You know he's remembering something. You know he moves. You know his body. You know it's 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 very interesting to see him watching the film yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean there are some. In- Incredibly emotional uh, times for him that are recreated in this film, and then even uh, uh, there's some shots you have of him reacting to things that uh, bring him to tears. Is he, how does he react when he sees himself in those situations? I didn't. I personally didn't see him react to that situation. I, I was uh-huh. watching the screen or yeah. something, yeah. but uh, I remember shooting that moment. And, um, you know, I was at the tent, and somebody was interviewing, and he was remembering about the days in prison. And it brought everybody in tears at the, yeah. at the tent. And maybe you can see, you know, two other hunger strikers are in tears as well. But it was a very, very emotional moment, because he doesn't break into tears that easily at all. 
Oh, yes. His, his whole character, as you see through the film, seems very much in control of things and, and accepting exactly. of things and, and at, at peace. And then to see him just catch himself at that moment and... and uh, exactly. Uh, I think it's so much of, you know, mind controlling, which, you know, what um, Buddhism teaches. Uh-huh. And he's following that uh, teaching. And then he, I think he also... It's not not only about Buddhism, but you know, it just came from who he is. You know, yes. I I think he's an extremely strong person to start with. How did you uh, happen to meet Paul Dangatso? Actually, um, I have a common. We have a common friend. Uh, his name is Tetchen. He's a Tibetan singer live, based in San San Francisco. And uh, his family lives in India, and then they they know Paul then for since he came to India, and then that's how I um, got in touch with him. Now, now, when he explained Paul Dangatso, your friend to you, did he mention anything about his past? I mean, that's got to play just a huge part in your life. You're in in prison for that long uh, since you're uh, I, I think it's 28 years old. Yes, uh, yes, he was arrested in 28 years. Yes, it did. is that something that uh, that uh, Gatso brings up a lot when you're speaking with him, or is he pretty much present? Well, you know, uh, that's a very good question. I think, uh, you know, he's a human being. Yeah. And then in the film, I was trying to show who he is in a very deep place. You know, he says that, you know, I, I, don't, I'm, I have no interest in um, uh, celebrating New Year. You know, I just... Think it's it's meaningless because we are all going to die soon. And, you know he he has his bitterness too. Yeah. But um, you know what's interests me is that he has this side that he can smile and enjoy the moment like five year old boy. Uh-huh. And um, it's just incredible how he can hold up himself after thirty three years. You know, taken the freedom, taken and tortured and so on. I think you know most of the people just. Uh, wouldn't uh, be the same person or, you know, they can't spend a normal life. But, you know, he cooks for himself. He makes tea for himself. It's just amazing to see, you know, how he's functioning, you know, considering what he's been through. Yes. Now, there's some pretty amazing archival footage you got hold of to represent those times that he was tortured. Did you have any problem getting hold of that film at all? Was there a... Uh, an adventure in getting hold of the archival footage? Actually, I didn't have any problem because those are already out in the um, outside of Tibet and the Tibet government in exile has a huge archival footage library. So, you know, I could just uh, ask them I'm looking for this and that footage and then they'll give me the footage. But it's more, you know, risky. It was more risky that, you know, we went to Tibet and shot you know, some parts into bed, yes. and, uh, yeah. Did you have any problem with that at all? You know, actually, Paul Denla was, uh, Paul Denla was telling me that he's going to be praying for us uh-huh. when we are leaving to Tibet, so, you know, maybe his prayer worked. Uh, we didn't have any problem. We, you know, we are scared um, in some way, but um, um, I think we are very, very lucky. Yeah. What uh, what were the, some of the um, other ar- um, obstacles that you needed to overcome in the making of this film? Was uh, I know you were working in a foreign language? 
Yes, that was very, very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult to work on a foreign language film because Edita and I have to be very patient because we have to wait for the translation to be done, transcripts has to be done, and, you know, it takes double the time than, you know, working on your own language. So um, is that the question that you, you were asking? Yeah, yeah, I was asking, yeah, yeah you had all... So you were able, you had some, you must have had some good translators, people that were working yes, with you. Yes, we have amazing uh, team of translators who are very passionate about the subject matter and uh, young Tibetans worked, um, you know, they, they, they have their day job, but they would come to my apartment and, you know, my studio and, um, you know, work in the morning and go to job and come back after the work. And, you know, it, it was labor of love. Did, did it take a while for you and Paldin to uh, to develop a rapport? Did, was, it, was it an immediate connection, or was it took some time no, for you? No, no, of course. Um, I, I think it's also, you know, he is from, you know, he, he experienced uh, 33 years in prison, so it's not easy to gain his trust right, right away. So it's a very interesting relationship I'm having with him. I'm learning every time. You, you know, it, it's, um, it, it didn't come right away. We developed something, and then something that we developed is getting really stronger every day. So are you at the, now, how, I mean, how does he communicate with you? Are you... You, you know, sometimes he treats me as uh, grand, his granddaughter uh, or something, mm-hmm. and then he would uh, tease me. And he would, you know, he would be upset if I make some, you know, mistakes and, you know, don't ever do this and again and mm. all that stuff. But, you know, it's, it's been very interesting. Most of the time he, he likes to tease me and then when I take it too serious, he just starts laughing and all. Mm. <laughs> We're speaking with Makoto Sasa. The film is Fire Under the Snow and it will be showing uh, several more days this week at the Arclight in Sherman Oaks as part of the International Documentary Association's DocuWeek. To put a fine point on it, if yeah. you're listening, and, and uh, it's, uh, it actually plays this afternoon at 2.10 and, and later on tonight at 8 o'clock, tomorrow at 4 o'clock and 9.40, and then on Thursday for, at, at uh, 12.10 and 6 p.m. So check it out. You can go to the DocuWeek uh, oh. uh, website, and it's listed, as well as uh, the... Uh, fireunderthesnow.com, um, you can check out the, yes. uh, the screenings there as well. Now, uh, for a brief while, uh, Paul Dingazzo escaped from prison there. Uh, it, it's, the story is just incredible. I mean, to think that he was sentenced, I think, initially to seven years. Yeah. Uh, he's being tortured. He can't take it anymore. He convinces others to escape with him. They manage to escape, and then he's caught and put in for uh, eight more years. In, yes. Uh, and and yet today he's he he doesn't seem to really reflect the the temperament of anybody who's been incarcerated or or, or tortured or, or or put away for any amount of period of time at all. He seems uh, very much at uh, at peace. Like I said, is is that a fair characterization? Yes, I. You'll be amazed by his uh, energy that uh, he emanates. You know, it's he's very calm. And then he always said, says that uh, he doesn't have any anger towards Chinese government or the torturer who, who tortured him because 
he knows the consequences of anger that can create much worse situation in his mind and um, a situation. So, you know, he thinks that it's much better that he simply works for the cause in whatever the way that he could, and uh, instead of having anger and being uh, emotional about those situations. Now, has his philosophy on life affected you at all? It definitely affected me. I think I'm much more patient uh, than, you know, three and a half years ago I started the film. It's just, uh, you know, he just gives me so much inspiration just by, you know, being with him. And um, so, yes. You you said you were much more patient. Did did, uh, Gatso... Test your patience? <laughs> Not he tested, but, you know, filmmaking in uh, itself is, you know, you need a lot of patience because, you know, it's not easy fundraising, editing, you know, dealing with people. It's not an easy thing, but, you know, con- you always compare your, your situation with what Powden went through, and then, you know, our, our little problem is nothing compared to what he's been through, and then I'm trying to present his film in the best possible way, so... You know, I always have uh, had a, you know, drive to to complete this film, no matter what. Now, this film is about Paulin Gatso, and it is uh, it's about his life and what has happened to him. But the uh, the big picture here is about the Chinese Communist Army back in uh, was it 1959? Yes. I guess uh, yes. the invasion of Tibet and this and this ongoing occupation of Tibet. Um, how much did you know about the history? of Tibet and China, and was that the impetus to get into a, to, to, to doing a documentary, or was it meeting him? What was the, what was the rationale for you? What was the main reason? Um, I wouldn't say that I know the whole history. I, I can't even say I know the whole history even today, because the uh, t- history of Tibet with China is very complicated, and, uh, but Tibet was an independent country. That's uh, what I knew when I started this uh, project. Initially, I started working on this project. It, it was more, it wasn't the, um, you know, like uh, political reasons. It was more about personal reason, how I was connecting with Paladin's story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paladin's story uh, really helped me to survive some years that I, I, I um had a difficult time, and then I, I had a great attachment to his story. So, well, and um, in watching the film, it's 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 difficult as a what as a viewer. I was trying to figure out: is this uh, invasion and occupation of Tibet by the Chinese? Is it have roots? Is there some sort of a political consideration? Is it a cultural consideration? Is there is there some racism involved here? Is there some sort of moral superiority the Chinese feel over Tibet? Is there geographic reasons? Did, did you come to any sort of uh, understanding in that regard as to why this continuing and ongoing, uh, not only just uh, in, invasion and occupation, but the literal uh, ethnic cleansing that's going on in Tibet uh, yeah. to this day? Uh, what is, I, mm, I think um, what's... What's being told from the intellectuals and the community, you know, China wants the resource, natural resource that uh, Tibet has. There is so much um, natural resource that uh, they can get from Tibet, water, and um, also the um, some um, 
I, I also heard that they find the mite, mite, the magtite, mm-hmm. uh, which is used in uh, some computer right. making a computer and so on. Uh, recent, uh, like a few days ago, I saw it in the newspaper. But they've been using their natural resource to benefit their own country, mm-hmm. and also, you know, geopolitically, it's a very important place because China has been uh, having a dispute border dispute with the uh, Indian India for a long time. So, you know, okay. and then I think, I personally think that uh, China really wants to have a power in Asia. And then... Um, and, and Tibet is just know, another country in that... In that, in that, uh, in that yes. And then also direction. controlling its own people, I don't think it's necessarily going to help them to, you know, uh, the torture would help the Tibetan to change you know, change their minds to say, you know, oh, okay, you can take my, you know, natural resource water and uh, my language and culture. But, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, that's what I don't understand. What, uh, why, why do they keep yeah. doing this? Yeah, it's not just an occupation. They, they seem to be uh, determined to drive. In, in your film, you, you, you bring up a fact about uh, there are now more ethnic Chinese living in Tibet than yes. there are Tibetans, which yes. in, which indicates just how how uh, deeply entrenched the Chinese are in that part of the world, and uh, and just knowing uh, as from your film and from other sources, uh, the level of uh, violence that's been brought to bear on the Tibetan people is pretty remarkable. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been horrible, and it it still is horrible because you know because of the Beijing Olympics. Many people who didn't participate in the uh, recent uprising also got arrested and detained in somewhere that we don't, they don't even know. The family is trying to find their brother, uh, sister, their son, daughter, you know, whoever was in the monastery or nunnery, but they took all the monks and nuns to somewhere that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, those thousands of people are still being detained and tortured, and I hear some really horrific uh, stories from the Tibetans here who has a relative inside of Tibet. Mm-hmm. Now, near the end of the film, uh, Gatso is on uh, a hunger strike yes. to uh, an attempt to uh, persuade the Olympic Committee not to have the Games in China. And, and now here we are at the end of those Games. In fact, I, I guess he did the Q&A there right on the, uh, of probably this weekend on Sunday, was it? The Q&A in Sherman Oaks? Yes. Yeah, on, on the on the final day of the Olympics, he's he was, uh, you know, uh, watching himself protesting the Olympics. What well, what are his feelings today about that moment in the film where he's protesting and and what's occurred since then? I mean, it's very difficult because um, Olympic, you know, what I think IOC has a great responsibility in. Um, awarding this Olympic to China more than anybody. And, uh, you know, I think I didn't enjoy watching this Olympic this time. I didn't have time to watch Olympic. But, you know, um, that time in Turin, I think, you know, individual uh, IOC vice president who came to the tent, I know that he feels for the... uh, Hunger strikers, I can see that, but it's just, you know, organization. You know, they cannot do anything to Tibetans. And um, 
you know, as a consequence, so many people are still being detained, and uh, it's 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 just unbelievable that this this kind of thing can happen in this time of the world right now. Uh, considering what what we've been experiencing in this country, we can say anything we want. We have total freedom, but in there they still don't have any uh, freedom of speech. We're speaking with Makato Sasa, and the book, the book, the uh, film is Fire Under the Snow. The story of Paladin Gatso, uh, a Buddhist monk who was uh, incarcerated, jailed, tortured for 33 years in a Chinese prison. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you about something about the, in the film that I had no idea about this migration of Tibetans to India. There's a community in India yes. where mm-hmm. many thousands of these people have have taken up residence, and it's also a place where they get an opportunity to spend some time with the Dalai Lama. Exactly. And that's a, that is an encouraging thing to see, that there is a community there uh, that is holding itself together. Yeah, I think Tibetan, actually Tibetan has their own com- um, community, exile community all over the world. It's not only India. They would come to, there's so many Tibetans living in the United States. They, got a, they get a political asylum in here. And also um, in Switzerland, uh, France, Italy, uh, all over the world, and then I think they are the one of the most successful uh, people who were able to um, um, what do you what is what do you call it? I'm sorry. Uh, who are able to come together? Yes, uh, who are able to sustain their own culture, uh-huh. even if in uh, within this diaspora. You know, people are spread out, but they still, you know, believe in His Holiness the Dalai Lama. I think the Dalai Lama's role is very big to connect all this, unite the hearts of Tibetans, you know, no matter where they are, they are spread all all around the world. But, you know, Dalai Lama is a symbol of every Tibetan. So I think, um, yeah, uh, Tibetans are very successful in a way that uh, sustaining their own culture in wherever they're living. Well, that was in, that was very encouraging to see, and um, and we certainly uh, hearts go out to these people. They've obviously suffered a tremendous, tremendous yes. hardship. And uh, well, I want to thank you for I want to thank you for being here um, on Film School. The, the film is Fire Under the Snow. As we said, it's playing. If you can go ahead and check it out at fireunderthesnow.com dot com or Film School website, but it's showing. At the Sherman Oaks Arc Light uh, for the next three days, uh, Makata Sasa. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at kuci.org/filmschool. dot org slash film school.